Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. It's me, Joe. I'm a playwright and performer. And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. And welcome back to T42. Hi, everybody. It's our best friend podcast where we talk about whatever the fuck we yes, want. Yes, whatever the fuck we want. And this week, we have a very special edition. Yes, this is a very this, special edition. This week, we're sharing our two cups of tea with three. Yeah, so in fact, it's T42. For, For three? three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she she bang. So this week, we have. Our dear, dear friend, Pooja Nancy. Say hi, Pooja. Hi! Wow, so loud, so loud. Wow, sis, you see this sound wave? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm new to the podcast game, you know. Mm, so for those of you who don't know, uh, how will you introduce yourself? Pooja Nancy is a poet and educator. and uh, Why don't you let the woman uh, introduce herself? Wow, hi, Pooja, introduce he's yourself. Just, he's just trying to yeah, help. Yeah, just being the good host uh, to introduce the... Yeah, I guess I'm a writer. I'm an mm. educator. I currently am the festival director of the Singapore Writers' Festival. Mm. And then... And I also am part of the organizing team for Other Tongues, a festival of minority voices. But mostly, I'm Joel and Kitchen's friend. Yes! yes. Exciting, <laughs> exciting. We, the three of us meet a lot to talk shit about, about other people and everything. About, about whatever. We don't really meet to talk about things. We meet to drink. We meet to and drink. Then and then we end up talking, talking yeah, shit about people. Yeah, we text a lot. We text a lot about sh- different That's shit. That's true. Yeah, which is fun. Which is yeah. fun. Yeah, so in tribute to our friendship, which yeah, always... Because, <laughs> no, because when we always meet, like when we when we actually meet, Puja always puts up an agenda for us, yeah, right? And yeah, so in our group chat. In our group chat. So, <laughs> yeah. no, in tribute to that, where we yeah. Say? Today's episode, we're just gonna do it as a list of things that we want to talk shit about, or just like talk up. Yeah. Ah, okay. So we've got a list of like I don't know how many items. We have like six lah. Yeah. So, you know, let's get let's just get started yeah, with let's the first just one. Get started. Let's get started. Okay. Oh, so recently I did a post uh, on my Instagram about uh, these two kind of photos that came out post-election and one was of um, on election night just Raiza Khan with her husband mm. and then the other one was um, Pritam Singh just kind of putting up a tribute post to his wife and uh, it just really struck me that I hadn't quite seen uh, especially in political public figures like that kind of... Um, those sort of minority relationships in mm. which like gender roles was were so equally portrayed and like I think representations of mm. like brown love in the country are, are like lacking yeah they're lacking and they're far and few between right and then also like every time we talk about relationships in like minority communities it's always like you know, people assume that like it's a very conservative culture. Mm. We only want to, or we're forced to marry within our communities, um, which sometimes does happen. Yeah. But like, it's not the entire. <laughs> it's not the entirety, or like, uh, it doesn't capture all the nuances of the different kinds of relationships that happen in in minority communities. You know, like romantic or otherwise. Um, yeah, and I just thought that they were such powerful images because I had not seen those kinds of images coming from our politicians yeah. specifically yeah it's actually true, it's like true. beyond that not even specific to brown people mm. but like you just don't see that kind of tenderness generally in a lot of our politicians no the, the closest yeah. ten- the closest thing we had to tenderness was hoaching poking telling him to stay one meter distance apart that, that, that was very cute, cute that was actually. cute but I mean they yeah. are a cute couple yeah they are yeah, 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 I guess they're a cute couple <laughs> I guess um, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's not just like it's not just our politicians right like it's also on like mainstream TV or like in yeah. local narratives like it's always like I mean the closest I can think of is like the Malay um, neighbours in under one roof and oh. they're always a bit of a like they're always a loving couple but they're always a bit of a comic relief Rosa yeah. and that's yeah. right yeah, 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 the comic yeah. relief is also because they were like so different in size right yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, like, the actress right went through like uh, a major kind of like weight loss journey is she? Yeah, and then she also left entertainment yeah, oh. she was such a major kind of like big icon back in the nineties. She yeah. was a joy to watch and under one. Yeah, she, she was really, amazing. I really enjoyed Compared her. Compared to like the Tanate and Dolly Tan relationship, yeah. which is always a bit like, why are you two married? Right? <laughs> 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 it really you felt yeah. that way. I don't know, it's I don't like know. she was. She was just like, yeah, I guess stuck in this marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so I guess like when I wrote the post, I didn't. Um, I was just thinking about how weird it felt to see, like not weird. I like how radical it felt mm. for me to see it, and how it shouldn't feel radical. Mm. But then I also didn't expect it to resonate the way it did. Because uh, it's currently yeah, it blew the up most. A little bit, right? It blew up, no, well, I mean, it's the most popular post. Or, like it's got the most likes of anything I've ever posted. Mm. Like five hundred something, right? Yeah, and I was just like, I was thinking about it, and then it just, you know, it brings up all these complicated questions of like interracial relationships mm. which, we, which we see a lot of um, and then obviously like growing up as an Indian girl um, you get your share of men who tell you they don't date Indian girls mm. and this is including yeah. like Indian men who won't date Indian girls mm. or like I've actually had like a guy tell me he only dates Chinese girls and it's because it's his way of fighting racism <laughs> right it's his way of fighting racism yeah. social justice yeah, yeah so he was like when a Chinese girl expresses desire for me I feel like I've combated racism that is like multiple levels of combination multiple levels of problematic and it's triggering right because it's like there's nothing wrong with an inter- interracial relationship like you should be able to date or marry or, yeah. or who, whoever you want or fuck right? whoever yeah. you want yeah for sure but when you make statements like I don't date Jesus. Indian girls mm. like remember that dude we met outside the club yeah the, um, uh, who was my secondary school friend yeah who yeah. unfortunately got me when I was drunk yeah correct yeah. What, what, did he, what did he say he Wait, said I don't I he said there. I don't no I don't think you were there he said I don't date Indian girls because they're full of drama oh, yeah God. wow yeah. and I was like where is this coming from yeah and then I told him and his self-loathing to go home <laughs> yeah. Did he go home? No, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know. We got, happened. We got into a cab. We got you go home and reflect on what you just said. <laughs> yeah, so and I guess you'll probably, probably be like, oh, "Yeah, this woman's so full of drama." Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. So I, just, I proved this point, but um, but yeah, no. So for me, I think the post was just uh, it, it was a way of just kind of talk. Like I, it was a representation for me of like very real, mm. uh, mature, mm. modern relationships no, in I, brown communities yeah I think that generally speaking like this election the workers party's campaign in general has mm. been exactly that right just like a modern kind of political conversation yeah. that we are kind of ready to have and that we are also relieved to finally be having like yeah. we're having like really sensible um, passionate like smart people finally kind of coming into the political yeah. conversation and it's just like reflected in every aspect of what they do including like the pictures that they post with their loved ones and yeah. those yeah. relationships so it's just been like kind of nice hopeful time to be back in Singapore I think mm. yeah. Mm. yeah yeah. and those yeah. photos were really just kind of they were very poignant for me yeah mm. aren't yeah. you glad you're back Jewel <laughs> aren't you glad <laughs> aren't you glad you know it's a mixed bag bitch you're so. here for this <laughs> Ah, so Joel, um, I think it'd be good if you talk about the next one as our Chinese mascot. Yeah, as a Chinese Singaporean, I'm mm. very proud to introduce our next topic of discussion, which mm. is Racial Harmony Day. Yes, yeah. yes. My favourite time of the year is like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Except Christmas. there's no rewards. Huh? Absolutely you, you no rewards. You mean reward. it's not Christmas? No. <laughs> it's the one time of year where Chinese people are like, oh, race is resolved. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. No, they're like that all year long. Oh, yeah. true, actually. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think... On, 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 in, on racial harmony day like I see it starkly in schools where suddenly everybody is so aware of race like the other 364 days of the year they're like they don't they don't acknowledge that it exists or if it's if, it's, exactly if it's thrown that, in your face it's an inconvenience I haven't been in the school system for a long time so I don't even know uh, what the acknowledgement like, yeah. but what la. is the acknowledgement of race that happens in I schools I co- wear uh, other people's costumes like uh, that, which is a problem costume, costumes with a capital K uh, is, then is it's always <laughs> like always girls with like uh, they borrow their friend sari but oh, don't dear. know how to they wear with their t-shirt and their school shoes oh my god you're serious <laughs> yeah okay that's interesting and then they eat uh, exchange snacks <laughs> Exchange snacks, snacks. Oh, or in some schools they do you fusion the food you, uh, you blend Malay uh, and Chinese food together what do you get wow <laughs> or you know some other things yeah. like, yeah. but there's that there's yeah. that and then there, there's just awful like almost very performative things that you do to that try Indian and culture society will do something and Malay culture dance, society will do something yeah, they do dance. then the Malay people will do like Diki Barat ooh, 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 mm. you know then that's it like after you go home feeling wow so we racial all get so along. nice the more we get together yeah, together my problem with how many days is that it falls on the minorities and I think I've said this in a mm. Facebook post it falls on the minorities to sort of correct any sort of misperception or to correct any sort of awful performativeness that's happening on the day itself and I go home feeling awful mm. and tired which is why I hate 
I really do not like racial harmony day. I mean, yeah. I just don't think that you can talk about race by by insisting on an erasure of difference, mm. which is what our model of multiculturalism is built on. Mm. Like we're all the same. Yeah, correct. And we're not. Except for this one day when you put the difference on display in a way, right? And it's but the colorful. differences are also very superficial. Yeah, it's yeah. like I'm gonna put on a baju kurong, yeah, and that absolves me. Yeah. yeah. Like I've shown you that I celebrate your mm. culture, Correct. and then I'm I'm done. I'm no longer yeah. I no longer have biases. And I think like um I can't remember what you the last two sentences of your Facebook post, but like I was like yes, like a hundred times yes because yeah. I think you said something about we need discomfort. We need discomfort. If anything, yeah. we should put discomfort front mm. and center on this day rather than like a, a kind of self patting on the back. Yeah, mm. correct. Right? And, and because, that's what Racial yeah. Harmony Day is about. We we look at this past of 1960. It's always the 1964 riots. If not, it's the Maria Hatok riots. Mm. <laughs> it's always the same thing. And then we look at it and go like, wow, last time we had to now mm. thankfully like that. It's great. You know? And I go like, why, why are we distancing ourselves <laughs> Now I can this? wear a chongsam. Yeah, now I'm I can good. wear a chongsam with no problem. Yeah. Now I can wear like a, a bindi with no problem, yeah. you know? But it's this like, strange thing where like we refuse to acknowledge as a society that since the 60s, right? Like, we've come a very long way in terms of how we talk and we talk about race and like the funny thing is that the PAP is now coming out to say right oh actually yeah the older generation and the young generation talk look, about, talk about race in a very different way but it's a bit like too little but they too also late. just like caveat all of that by saying young people talk about race differently but mm. yes. let's be careful yeah, that, that they're not, not Americanized American exactly yeah. and actually I'm saying it's not we, we never talk about race as a black and white issue mm. yeah and just saying that discrimination exists in Singapore is not and just kind of importing yeah. shit from America. I mean, if you want to talk about yeah, that idea, exactly. if you want to trace the idea of anti-racism back to the 50s, you can yeah. look at anti-colonialism, which yeah. was a kind of anti-racism yeah. discourse, 100%. right? And then it's like, was that an import of the West? No, it wasn't. Mm. Don't be ridiculous. Um, it's like every time in Singapore something inconvenient comes up, right? It's like, oh, the Ang Mo's brought it in. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. It's like, huh, the gays want their rights. Ah, yeah. Ang Mo's brought it in. Yeah. It's like Asian values. Yeah, Asian values. It's like can we remember Asian values was also like an invention of these like uh governments in the nineteen nineties when they just sat down in a room together and said, How can we control our population? Oh, I mean I also like I don't know about Asian values like, but in Hinduism like there's a third gender. Correct. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like in many Southeast Asian yeah, cultures. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like gender is so fluid. Yeah, and sexuality as well. Yeah. No, but for me, <laughs> I, I just wish that Rish Harmony Day meant a lot more than all the standard things yeah. that we that we that we see. I mean I, I have to say that after uh, being away from school for a long time and then coming back to school and then seeing sex education, I was mm. quite surprised that that the, the the kids were taught how to put on a condom. And oh, I have was, we got there now? Yeah, oh, I that's was, great. I was super surprised huh? when I saw that. I, I, I literally turned around to my boys and I go, "Listen, this mm. is this is the mm. part that you need to listen." What was 100%. sex education in the past then? Don't do it. Don't, Don't do, do it. it right? It's literally yeah. abstinence. So have they moved away from abstinence? So, yeah. So there was a portion that said, "This is how you put on a condom," but of course, abstinence is still the main thing, center stage, lah. Oh. But you see, things have progressed with sex education. So I was hoping that the same thing would happen with Racial Harmony Day, mm. where we look at a little bit more the manifestations of racism now. You know, but. Mm. I don't know. It's still what would it, what firmly would, like, planted what in the past. Do you think would be a kind of progressive way to talk about race during racial harmony at schools? Discuss the the incidents that happen here and now. Discuss mm. uh, discuss like the Pretty and Subash thing, mm. for example. Why was that problematic? Instead discuss of harkening back to like some, yeah, don't don't yeah. don't look at the it's, past. Yeah, it, I mean it's like we, I think you just have to go past seeing it as a day where we say. Oh, we've done so well. Mm. Exactly. And like any time now, we could break. Mm. So let's all wear each other's clothes yeah. and eat each other's food, <laughs> so that we, you know, we be, so that we feel like we are each other's friends. Yeah, yeah correct. And I just like it's so superficial. Yeah. It's like holy communion, right? You eat yeah, the, you eat I the mean, snack and then you're yeah, like, you mm, are not to, racist you anymore. You want to say I mean, you can eat a tose and still be a deeply racist <laughs> yeah, person. Correct. You yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just wish we. I know. I, I hope. I like you can wear a beige while eating your tose and, and still be a deeply racist correct. person. You absolutely can. So, I just think it's weird. And like, actually, there's some aspects of racial harmony that I've encountered like when oh. I was teaching, which are also like inherently weirdly racist because when people dress up in other people's <laughs> like 
cultural outfits they also like without an understanding of like some of the nuances of like these cultural um, you know clothes yeah. and like the religious significance and then they just anyhow wear yes yeah. and then I'm like this is ter- this is terrible yeah. like can we not correct. please please I'd rather you don't wear anything correct, please correct. wear a potato sack yeah like please you know? don't as a Chinese man show up to school with a ping pong ball under your turban yes. yeah don't do that oh, under God. your fake turban mm. that was also because of the way like <laughs> turbans were drawn in the pets cost book do you remember there was what always, yeah there was always like a ball it's on their top hair, of like, hair yeah but that's how it was like marked <laughs> in the <laughs> so someone resists uh, someone resists and she said oh that looks I'll like put, a ping pong tennis ball oh my god so how do I get that shape tennis ball or whatever Ugh. you get that shape by growing your hair <laughs> yeah, as correct. sleek men do yes correct you know what people just be better and that's on not this yeah but also like th- I mean, to the point right like you know what you said earlier Pucha about like you know any moment now we could break I actually feel we are breaking if you think about it we, we have broken, we broken so, so many times yeah. and we are in a constant <laughs> state of like breaking apart like it's our- just that whenever it breaks it's brown people who are angry yeah, and right. then we are being told that like you please know please don't be angry Why don't you be angry and like mm. when you're angry and you speak out about your anger then you are racist mm. so now it's mm. like I'm so now it's like I have to deal with racism and I cannot say anything correct, yeah. correct. you know what and, a wonderful position to be put yeah in. and my mental health is fraught but like thank you you are sorry today I feel better now thank you very much okay next on the list is a nice segue from Racial Harmony and Brown Love which is the new Netflix reality TV show <laughs> Indian Mashmaking yes, yes. Did, did you finish watching it I did, I did I yeah. did the homework for this I'm episode I'm so excited yeah, yeah it was great so, so I, I, don't I, know have, where I have a lot of emotions I have a lot yeah. of emotions okay. so uh, how do we start I found the show because a friend of mine was like oh what is this uh, show it looks crazy and then <laughs> watched an episode and then my sister was over and we ended up spending the whole evening and we finished the series and the first In one evening one evening and then I texted the first person I texted was Kishan I went you need to drop everything <laughs> yeah, you're doing she, now she said that she said you need to drop everything and watch this show I'm like, you just need to watch this show because I promise you you it will just okay. be the best thing so ever. for um, <laughs> those who are listening who have no idea what Indian matchmaking is about yeah. it's basically Indian matchmaking is a reality TV kind of dating show right which follows the travails mm-hmm. of an Indian matchmaker whose name is Seema Taparia from Mumbai exactly that phraseology right you <laughs> yes. have she, it, it's not Seema no it's Seema well, sometimes she says I'm Seema from Mumbai yeah. Yeah. I'm Seema auntie I'm Seema mommy yeah. I mean she's so funny uh, and then basically she's like matchmaking a bunch of Indian people both in the USA and in India yeah. and in India yeah, yeah. and, um, and, and we, we just follow, follow and we follow some we, of these people, some of her clients as yeah. they're looking and whether or not they you know find matches or whatever yeah correct right? it sounds very simple in concept but it just takes so many twists yeah, and turns it, it, it took me on a little bit of an emotional ride like, like <laughs> I, I found it funny uh, many aspects because some of the things that these people say yeah. like for example there was there was this one client called Nadia who said that she does Bollywood dancing and I was thinking <laughs> in my head I'm thinking to myself what the hell is Bollywood dancing and then she, she just was, danced to Bollywood songs <laughs> and then she started doing Indian classical dance I'm like honey that's not Bollywood dancing no but you have about? you seen sorry and this is like a very specific reference but someone cut uh, I think it was Son of a Peach on Instagram Yeah, he did a cut where he was like there's this scene of like you know because they have these ridiculous cutaways of Nadia uh, doing whatever the hell dancing she's doing yeah, in her studio yeah, and he was like define. this is Sri Devi in Lamhe and then it cuts to like this footage of Sri Devi in this black leotard just doing strange contemporary dance is it? yeah yeah and Perfect. it was so funny and I was like this is so good um, yeah so so the, the, there's ridiculousness with the, with the people that she's yeah. trying to matchmake there's also yeah. ridiculousness with Seema auntie like yeah. I found her really funny and comical she's so like weirdly regressive but also like super progressive at the same time Mm. So what, okay, what about her do you find like progressive? Because regressive we can go into in a bit. I right? feel like she's <laughs> just like, you know, when people don't want to do it, she's like, ultimately people uh, need to, like ultimately it's about what you want. Yeah. Even whether I disagree <laughs> with your choice or not, but like no one's going to force you into yeah. this path. And then like, it's been very interesting for me because like I see like a lot of people, like a lot of Indian girls on Instagram are like, <laughs> oh, this show is really problematic. <laughs> it's full of colorism and casting. Mm-hmm. and like you know and I'm like yes it is yeah. but that's also Indian society yeah. mm, it's agreed. a fact correct you know and um, I don't think it glamorizes that I, and what I found interesting about the show is that it just puts it there 
And it doesn't say this is good or this mm, is bad. Sure. And yeah, a lot of right. times, like, what was fascinating for me was like, I don't know if I'm laughing at you. <laughs> or sometimes I'm laughing with Seema auntie. Sometimes right. I'm laughing at, yeah. like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when she when she says Aparna is like... Difficult, right? Difficult. Or like stubborn. Like she, it was just her phraseology. I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah, that's also that part when she goes to the face reader and, oh then, and, then, and then she starts saying, oh, she's very stubborn. And, you, and then you see her go like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. mm-hmm. And she laughs to herself. <laughs> to be fair, like, yeah. So, so someone I saw like posted this thing about like, oh, how dare she call Aparna difficult. I'm like, Aparna is, is she's so full on whack. Yeah. And also so she's tough. dead behind her eyes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, and I, her mother. I don't think I could be friends with this woman. No. <laughs> Too. I mean, I feel like like Apana had some growth throughout the series. Uh, yeah, though. she yeah. did. I don't know though. Like the goat yoga was really weird. That was actually that, yeah. I found it that really was, cute. I want to do that. I don't know, but that felt very <laughs> peak like white people yoga. It like, was a peak yeah. white people I, yoga. That was very yeah. cute. You no? want to do yoga while a goat gets on your back? I, I'm, I'm, what I'm is more the goat? With the goat. No, the I'm goat not in the goat. Hey, you just go to the you. goat farm lah. Why must you do yoga there? <laughs> because like, they climb on you and shit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry, no kitchen. We are clearly not going to agree here. I mean, if I'm drunk enough, I will do goat yoga with you. <laughs> That's a date sister. Okay it's a date It's a date <laughs> No I think it's like The At least the way The show was structuring it The way The minute she put on That sapphire ring Her life changed You know Oh her grandmother's yeah, uh, Her grandmother's sapphire, sapphire. Right, Come on lah How many of us Like you never gonna before man Like what? your mother Or your auntie Is like If you wear an emerald oh, You'll ward away your yeah, bed Yeah <laughs> stupid right some of us but then a part of you is like oh shit maybe this emerald's gonna fix my life also because my grandmother said so it must be true no but look but like it's actually very real like I like my parents are super liberal right yeah. I and but even even like for me like I think when I hit 28 yeah there was genuine like this ridiculous constant conversation about getting married mm-hmm. you know and um yeah, I just kind of remember my mother once just saying this thing, which I hold over her head forever now. <laughs> oh my god, what? She said to me, like, because she just kept bringing up, like, passive-aggressively bringing up marriage. Yeah. And I, I remember sort of telling her, like, if you don't stop talking about this, like, we're not going to have any more conversations <laughs> because I just don't want to talk about it anymore, right? Yeah. Because, like, in my 20s, like, I was in peak quotation and I was like, I'm not... <laughs> That's quotation with a W, correct. by the way. Yeah. Yeah, oh, wait, no, with an no, H. With an H. Quotation. Uh, and I'm like, who wants to get married? Yeah. Like, I just... Oh, I hadn't found the right person person right yeah. and um yeah and then she was like oh you know i think it's my fault that like uh wow. you're so comfortable with your life that you don't feel a need to get married and i was like let's take a minute to unpack that ridiculous wow. statement oh my god she did the self-legulating indian she woman. did yeah and then like like years later i think very recently i was like you know ma like that was the moment where i was so confused because like you brought me up to be this independent like educated hmm. uh person who has a mind of her own and then for you to say that it's just so like deeply anti feminist mm-hmm. and she took a moment and she was like yeah I don't know why I would say something like oh, that okay. and then we had this great conversation about how deeply internalized this like pressure of mm. like this set life path right for Indian women where mm. it's like you grow up and then you get an education and you get married and you have kids and it and like even when you don't actually believe it you buy into mm. it because like because it is the next step right yeah and then yeah. all her friends kids are getting married all her friends kids are having kids and like did this conversation happen before you got married yeah so, oh you mean the, you mean the conversation yeah, where the conversation where oh. she agreed that yeah. it was deeply and enter- no it oh, happened no. after much, much later yeah, okay. I think she needed me to be married to have oh. the conversation <laughs> that is so funny he's like now that you've done the thing I wanted you to now do I can, can admit that I, I can, <laughs> now I can have growth yeah, yeah, yeah. correct correct and like it's, it's not far away because like even when I did get married like my husband is Tamil Singaporean mm. like Singaporean Indians were asking me if my parents had a problem with it oh of yeah, course I because there's, inter- there's colorism here what? there's yeah. all sorts of nonsense exactly. racism even within the community so like that's the thing right as an outsider to the community mm. I was yeah, watching so this show and going like okay there's some very hairy stuff here yeah. like it's like ooh ooh the colorism obviously yeah. the classism the, the, the misogyny yeah. mm. and I was just thinking like I was trying to figure out what the the show's attitude to it 
was right and yeah. i think you've helped me clarify it actually doesn't take a it doesn't take a stance, a stance. Right? it's yeah. kind of very like it wants to be a documentary but then it feels more like a reality tv show i think that's the problem for me it's like but also it just puts it out just, there right it does yeah and it's it's like okay this is a fact of what people are asking for mm. yeah or this is a fact about the kind of attitudes that uh, surround you know choices in matrimony mm. or like in partnerships in the indian community and it's pro- and like it's so evident when you watch it that you you kind of go <gasps> Like, mm. This is really weirdly problematic, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also found another interesting thing was that there were American Indians mm. and then there were also like Indian Indians mm. and like, the 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 dynamics were very different, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. And like the diaspora ones seemed to be a little bit more like. Um, this is where we've literally reached the end of our tether with like, our dating <laughs> lives. That's why we need this yeah. matchmaker. Yeah. Whereas the Indian Indians was like a very. It was definitely a lot more. Uh, present in the culture sure and, like, it's but I mean that makes sense right because of yeah. American culture and everything because that's not how they that's not immediately how they see how they yeah. want to date right yeah. yeah I don't know I think that's also really nuanced because like there's like like my cousins in like India are dating very freely mm. and, and yeah. like uh, mm. are, you know like it's it's not like a thing like oh we have to get an arranged mm. marriage like so many of us just found our own mm. life partners mm. uh, outside of our communities within our communities whatever love marriage love marriage love. I love that phrase <laughs> love marriage as opposed to like a marriage with to no me. love yeah <laughs> love marriage so yeah. like, and it also is so funny that it has a kind of taboo yeah correct. To... love marriage is a taboo thing uh, my yeah. parents yeah. had a love marriage yeah, yeah back in the day almost like saying they eloped yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, correct. And they exactly. almost did, but there's another story. But, uh, um, yeah, so no, yeah. I guess like, I was surprised to see that there was like a, an American buy into it because like I just didn't think. But that's because that diaspora communities tend to sometimes mm. be even more conservative than communities mm. in India because you they try to hold on. To you're trying roots. to hold on yeah, to this I can culture, see that. I can see you know. That. Yeah, and like it happens in like the Singaporean Gujarati community a lot. Oh, right? like, a, lot a lot of, of people go a lot, a lot of arranged marriages, um, looking for like partners from India. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do they? How do they mediate this like this I have some- no idea because I like stayed the hell away from it. <laughs> so it's a strange thing, right? Like I, I read a few critiques of mm. it now going like it's not just like all the Asians it's, it's, it's really like do we really need to see another thing about like Indian matchmaking where it's that struggle between like conservative culture mm. and like you know uh, liberal individuals like, uh, like cosmopolitan and cosmopolitanism and, yeah. and, and like I think one of the, the reviews I was reading was like ah it kind of like rolls over these like hackneyed stereotypes I mean I think the fact that it's taken off as a show mm. like so many people are mm. watching it and talking about it like initially I was like oh my god I had that thing you know when like you you have like a, a narrative about your community and you're mm. like I don't really want mm. people to see this <laughs> it's <laughs> like with that show first. you guys are watching yeah. right um, what was it called on Netflix or so never, uh, have, never have, have oh never have ever yeah. oh, I don't which like is also show. another kind of like very specific diaspora story yeah. That, yeah. That, that obviously unfairly has to kind of like represent yeah. a very diverse yeah. community right yeah. Yeah. But for, for me what I liked about the show was uh, I think after the second or third episode they started to int- start each episode with the two old pe- oh that was so yeah, that was yeah. sweet people uh, yeah. there were I guess um, examples of successful matchmaking mm. things and, and I thought like that gives people uh, who are not of the community an idea yeah. that matchmaking is not something that people are forced yeah, yeah, yeah. into sometimes that this is basically a valid path. because like what mm. I enjoyed from the show was actually right seeing how the matchmaking process worked I was like thinking actually maybe I should get a matchmaker also right because it's like <laughs> these are people you will not ordinarily meet yeah through, exactly like, and you know what's wrong with matching is them efficient expectations and that's <laughs> effic- it's efficient yeah, and you know at the end of the day like it's like Tinder but a real life person yeah right. and someone does it for you and yeah. like, you probably pay a lot of money but whatever but then so. like you no know, I asked my mother this she yeah. said you only pay or from what she knows like you only pay upon a successful match what are you serious yeah so if nothing happens she doesn't get paid no I don't what? think so that's amazing. That's what that's what my mother said, lah. But okay. I don't know, like I don't know how because Sima Auntie specifically yeah. works for her red card, but yeah. <laughs> because if we are to believe Sima from Mumbai, right? Yeah. She flies to see the people, yeah, and yeah. talk to them. I think that's but maybe they, yeah. maybe maybe that's on Netflix money. Yeah, or, oh, that's true. Actually, I forget that. Or that was maybe a, yeah. she's like maybe she has like tours. Like she's like Sima Sima oh, from yeah. Mumbai is here <laughs> for the month of November. If you want her to work for you, call hire in. her now. Call in now, yeah. <laughs> Like, like you're a booker while yeah, she's you in your town. Her, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if she does non-Indian people. Mm, can yeah. ask lah. Anyway, she must have all the biodatas of the community that you want, you know. That's true. Yeah. And she has to go and I'm really not sure she's uh, very... tapped into the Hainanese community. <laughs> yeah, correct. I'm Hainanese, not sure. I'm not Hainanese sure. and queer is very difficult. Do like. I want a queer Hainanese husband? Out of sure. Sima Taparias from Mumbai's league. <laughs> 
But if you want an Indian queer husband, she might be able to find you one. Whether or not, I like, don't know she does queer. Whether or not that person wants. That's not. I feel like Simanti would not have a problem with gay people. You think? I think she won't. I thought the total opposite because she seemed very, very um. Think she was uh, very progressive or liberal in her in her in her. Yeah, way but of did you meet Gita, who was like? Which one was the Gita? Gita the, the, yes, the one that um Ankita. So like she, the Ankita who who wants like uh she's like described as a difficult modern woman. So like <laughs> right, right, right. I, I my clientele are a bit more conservative, sis. So she takes so like, I need to, to outsource this to Gita. Oh, right. my, so I think my, like my on first guy on first meeting Gita is like oh we must ask people why they want to get married. I was mm. like oh, okay that's interesting. And then she meets Ankita and yeah, she's I like women must make all the sacrifices. Yeah, that was a strange. Ankita turn was of totally turned yeah. off. I had a real yeah. panic attack at watching that. <laughs> I was like, this is very triggering. <laughs> I, yeah. really, I really felt for, like, a lot of the women on the show, though. Yeah, like, did you, yeah, I, did. Yeah. I loved, like, loved all of them, even, like... Um, Which was your favourite <laughs> character? Um, the divorcee whose name was... Oh, uh, Rupa? Ru- Rupam. 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 She's, first of all, like, so. so beautiful. She was beautiful. But she has such she's a positive beautiful. energy. Yeah. And, like, even after having stung once in marriage, still kind of really... Like, she's like, yeah. I believe love yeah. is out yeah. there. Yeah. And then, like, Happily found a love match. Yeah, so yeah. Like so love, marriage. Yeah, love marriage on dating app. <laughs> what to me was frightening was Akshay's mother. Oh yeah, Jesus, and I think that's like. But that woman has no purpose in life except, uh, except to get her, her children married. Yeah, blood pressure went up. <laughs> hey, please <laughs> la, that why she put too much salt in her paratha in the morning. Okay, and then she hooked herself up to the machine. <laughs> <laughs> she really botched it. She like, she, I'm just gonna like stack the deck against. I thought I was laughing because like there's the you know the part where Akshay meets like the girl, and then he's like, oh, if she's working, who's mm. going to do the work in the house? Like look after the children. Mm. And I was like, you Akshay, yeah, you you it, are going it, to yeah, be doing. It. So I started out feeling bad for him because I was like, wow, this boy is being bullied by his mom in a way. But then he as like, yeah, then as I heard him unfold, I was like, wow, you he really, needs to stand you, up a bit. Yeah. Really, first of all, you need to stand up your mom a little bit more, but also you need to like really check your ideas. But he won't because he's he's Mm. like he depends on his family business. He says his one he wants a wife that is like his mother. That is such an alarming statement. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) It's an alarming statement to make. So firstly, his prospective buyer must have high blood pressure. Okay, up next on our agenda is something that's uh, on everybody's minds. Like, if you've been living on Singapore internet for the past week or so, you will probably be familiar with um, cancel culture. And of course, like, um, the plight of everybody's favourite alt-right queen, Xia Xue, who for the rest of this podcast, we're going to refer to as... Peppa Pig. No, you are doing that. No, you are doing that. I'm going to call her Siash. No, we mustn't say when her name. When they go low, we go high. <laughs> okay, Correct. fine. But we cannot. It's like, it's like Voldemort that like you can't say her name. No, I'm just going to call her Siash. Okay, I'm going to say XX. Okay, XX. you go for it. Yeah. yeah. Which XX is also is the name of a band, right? It's also the sim- like actual sign for cancel. Oh, crap, yeah. XX. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so for those of you who have been living under the metaphorical rock, right, what mm. happened What happened was, like, Xia what Xue, happened what was, happened was Xia Xue basically is being cancelled in the midst of being cancelled. I don't know. You don't think so? I don't well, think she's being cancelled. What is cancel culture? Yeah, maybe you explain. Okay, I don't know. Maybe we could talk about what cancel mm. culture is, right? I mean, okay, I mean a, lot, a lot of people are kind of, like, making a lot of noise now about how we are living in an era that's basically... Run. I mean, that's basically like rife with cancel culture. The act of like a mob of people on the internet going after someone who said something out of turn, mm. or right. digging through their social media history to dig mm. up something that they yeah. said ten years ago, just to disenfranchise, yeah. just to just them. to disenfranchise them, mm. or to like you know at worst get them cut from their sources mm. of income, fired, mm. removed mm. from positions mm. of power, right? Mm. And that's mm. and there's a kind of argument coming out mm. now that oh you know cancel culture is basically a kind of censorship. Mm. And it's mm. not productive. It's dangerous for free speech, mm. and it's like uh, what else? What other things? Have been? Like it's, it stifles creativity. Yeah, it's like, and like, like, like a bunch of academics have re- have signed on an uh, Harper's uh, academics, and I think artists have signed something like called a Harper's JK letter. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. Um, JK Rowling's on that list, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she signed the Harper's letter saying that uh, this is impinging imagination, free speech, oh, and course, how we want to do work. Of course, she would. I mean, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> let's let's not count her, but a bunch of academics have done so. Like, and yeah. like, to an extent, I can see why why right. they written it down. You know, but I, I mean. You, you've, you've sort of defined cancer culture a little bit but for me it's, I don't know if that's cancer culture or like call out culture or like just you're saying just, is that just consequences yeah just consequences yeah. right I know I feel like there's a lot of terms being thrown around I'm very confused I'm very confused yeah like, well people are also um, defining it differently mm. based on what works for them <laughs> yeah so XX put out a video and she was like cancer culture is <laughs> like people uh, mobilising to like 
damage your reputation or to stop your sources of income. Mm. It's not just an individual boycott. Yeah. You know. First, first uh, of all, a boycott cannot be individual, right? It has I mean, to be, it can. I mean, you have to participate in a bigger. It won't be an effective yeah, it won't boycott. Be effective. It won't be effective. <laughs> it's like, like I'm just not going. I don't want to drink bubble tea. <laughs> yeah, like, throngs of Chinese yeah, people. Like, it's yeah. not a boycott. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but then, like, other people have said, like, cancel culture is, uh, is just people facing consequences for the things they've said. Yeah. Right? But then also, like, what I'm questioning is why mm. does cancel culture only become a problem when people who've said problematic things get called out? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why don't we see, like, for example when state media wipes out like representations of LGBTQ mm. characters from like mm. American yeah. shows yeah. is that not can is that not a silencing and a yeah. censorship and a cancel culture or like when when religious groups um, right write in us. and mm. then like uh, a band can't play in Singapore is that not yeah. cancel culture yeah you know that's yeah, literally correct. cancel culture that's also really censorship so like, you know which think, is worse I think like yeah. cancel culture is just the term right that's been given by people mm. who are being made to account for their very problematic mm. um, um, bigoted views or who are being made to seed space in a way they've never had to before they've never had to before so this is like what I feel right like actually cancel culture is not it's not new it's part of a move it's part of like an attitude towards like making people accountable for things slash it's I don't know. It's like the, all the things that you mentioned earlier about cancelling things from the public sphere because like they are morally wrong mm. or, or like, someone or deems someone them deemed wrong. Yeah, yeah, people have been doing this for ages, right? Yeah. Um, but it's only cancel culture, like you said, when it's like, oh, I actually have to seat some space. I mean, also not- like marginalized mm. groups who are not in the mainstream narrative or whose narrative or whose moral views are not held up as the correct view correct. Like LGBT have been seeding mm. space forever. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just that there's a generation that's found a way to mobilize themselves on the internet mm. and speak back. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, and some of this is, I, I find problematic as well when it goes to its extreme yeah. I do and we can talk about that some more but like effectively I think now it's just that the other side is maybe feeling it and yeah. like it's interesting that we're even using terms like sides because it's yeah. like you know yeah, yeah. It's, with Siasha specifically right like people are I mean like oh she's been cancelled oh you know like we need to stand and support her and then it's like uh, she still has 67 like correct yeah, she's not going anywhere and there's a thing that a lot of people pointed out as well right which is that influential powerful people never really they get they don't really cancelled. get cancelled I mean we really look at cancelled. JK Rowling we look at Kanye West we look at Lana Del Rey they've all done yeah. contentious I think shit, where it gets never a got bit cancelled. problematic right is when it's not powerful people or it's not like people who have a lot of influence who nonetheless like get targeted by these um, and they have no voice and they have no voice yeah. Yeah. and they do stand to lose a lot right yeah. so it's like your average Karen video that goes viral right like those Karens yeah, they can get really yeah, taken tend down. to get taken down or like some video of like a, a white man saying racist things right? yeah so like that's a, like I don't know where I stand on that because it's like um, yeah these people are saying really horrible things and like ought to and ought to face some consequences for them right but like yeah. the mob tends to like go at them in a way that really invades I mean it is yeah, a mob correct. like mob yeah. mentality will for, do that for me um, it's uh, like I want to talk about the rules for this because yeah. I, I do agree that uh, the, for me the only distinction between call out culture and uh, people having consequences and now cancel culture mm. is the internet and millennials and Gen Z mm. you know mm. because they are mobilised as you said Pooja in, in, in such a way they can really just go crazy on the internet they can dox people they can find out all sorts of information it's all become so quick and so f- fast and furious but what are the rules of engagement yeah, no here rules. yeah which mm. makes which now yeah. then becomes frightening because I actually agree with some negative aspects of cancel culture it can really be quite devastating and sometimes I don't think the, punish- the punishment fits the crime mm. and I think it's too much and mm. I I, I want to know where the boundaries are for this, but, but there isn't lah. It boils down to power, right? Mm. And it boils down to like the level of influence and power of the people saying, mm. uh, what are they saying, mm. and yeah. uh, how much power and influence do the group of people that are being mm. uh, hurt by their actions, mm. like how much power do that does that group hold? Mm. And so, like I think consequences are, are quite tied to the idea of power. Like, is being dropped by a brand or two really mm. a deep, yeah. Yeah. horrendous consequence no, like really for comments. someone who mm. has, like, said like terrible X-X. things, yeah. you know, and says, and finds a way, like, I mean, I'm all about freedom of speech, mm. but freedom of speech doesn't mean that you're not going to get called out for what you say. Yeah. Right. You it's have a right reckless. to say it. 
I have a right to tell you that's bullshit. And you I, know, and I have yeah. a right to let the people who are associating with you professionally know that these are the things you're saying, and yep. those yep. people have a right to say that does not actually align mm. with what we're trying to project right. as a brand or our mm. business, right? And more importantly, I think like the with XX in particular, mm. right? It's like she is a dangerous force because like I think she gives voice to a lot of people who yeah. actually really want to say and believe these things and but don't have like her eloquence or her charm or her or her intelligence mm. actually and like they do look up to her as a kind of like ambassador almost right because you look at people with like slightly more right-wing conservative views they don't tend to have like you know ambassadors mm. like people on more progressive mm. side of things too who are like artists and writers yeah. and whatever right so like every time someone like Xiaxue comes up right it's just like wow see she's so it's smart someone to rally behind yeah. or yeah. like you know like when Teo Lian in parliament they can speak for us la. yeah, yeah. Mm. like Teo Lian la, in parliament yeah, when yeah, she yeah, goes yeah. on you know and says like oh you know anal sex is like sticking a straw up your nose yep. and then she de- delivers this incredibly homophobic diatribe in parliament and then the people are just thumping their chairs in support yeah. because that side had finally found like a, a warrior almost mm. voice and I think them. like these people are very dangerous because it's like you know you empower a, a certain kind of really regressive energies in society that tend to go unchecked yeah I mean yeah. I think it's really simple if like someone like Xiaxia is saying you know I have a right to say what I want mm. to mm. Um, then why are you berating sort of body positive mm. uh, models who are posting mm. photos of themselves and then feeling like you need to comment on their bodies Correct. on their obesity is, did she, is, is this fat shaming did she fat shame yeah, she, she did, did. She, okay. she has fat shamed on several occasions like it's just right. like why would you why why do one set of rules apply mm. to you and when you bring that up like she yeah. her defense is I'm just stating facts yeah well, now people are stating you facts know, too. This is what you said, this girl. Is, this yeah, is, this and is I'm clearly, sorry, you have a right to your opinion, yeah. but you don't have a right to your own facts. But this is clearly just you almost know? clickbaity in, in some yeah. sort of way. It's really just to get the likes. Yeah. She, she, that's what she does. She that's shakes she does. it up, right? That's what I mean, she I think she money. Just, I think like, for me, it's like, can we just stop talking about her? Because like, mm. yeah, what absolutely. she wants is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I really, I think it's also very important though to point out that like her current like so-called cancellation mm. comes in the midst of the election because like what happened was mm. that Raisa Khan's comments mm. about um you know racial injustice and was flagged and someone made a police report about that right yeah. and then Xiaoxie was like oh good I'll be good who asked you to like bring it out in the first place <laughs> uh, you know we shouldn't be we shouldn't be like platforming radical feminists to begin with uh, like wow. side, side note here no Xia I mean Xia I think yeah. it was also like she said that she had yeah. read all of Angela Davis and then Xiaoxie's yeah that's right um, ah. deeply intellectual mm. uh, uh, take, on that. <laughs> take on that was like oh she's a communist yeah <laughs> I'm like uh, but also like Raisa Khan very clearly said I don't agree with all of her social mm. policies but I am an intersectional feminist correct mm. um, and <laughs> also like side note here famously declared once yeah. I am not a feminist yeah, so like she really just picks every kind of like Opposition, contrarian. contrarian, exactly. So I think it's like important for us to remember that this came about also in this slightly like tit for tat moment in our local yeah. politics, where it's like, oh, you made police report. I um, also can make police report. Oh, when well, like people <laughs> slinging police reports across the fence, and like, so I, you feel a little bit bad for no, her. No, it's not that. <laughs> I just think that like it, it just makes me think that we are in this country specifically. We are in this environment where like when we talk about cancel culture, mm. it's this sense that everybody's just like throwing. Things yeah. to each other in a retributive way because there is no like because there's no rules there's, mo- s- there's no moral we leadership don't, we don't know what yeah. the rules of engagement are for this we yeah. don't know how to really do this properly so everybody goes a little bit berserk I mean yeah. we also don't know how to talk about race we also don't yeah, know how to correct, talk correct, about correct. anything like anything. Yeah, anything yeah we don't yeah. know how to talk about anything so I, I so make police report la. yeah but <laughs> also because we haven't been allowed to talk about anything correct correct so cancer culture is here to stay la. no it just it's a myth <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a myth I mean, I'm, I mean, I I don't know if it's a myth. It, it, the term is cancer culture. It, it's gonna be used. It, it, that's what it is, so right? I think. I think the reason also why, right? Like, it's not just like um socially conservative people who are calling cancel culture out. It's like I've seen some of my friends who are otherwise quite like I I thought had very similar politics to mine going yeah. like actually cancel culture has gone too far. And I feel like oh. I think there is a sense that it's not so much cancel culture as it is like mm. this Gen Z kind of activism. Yeah, being for yeah, blood a little bit, right? That that tends to irritate people. People, mm. um, and I, I don't know that seems to be like the vibe as well right I mean I think there's a difference 
To be honest, like activism as it exists on the internet drives me insane Correct. from time to time. Yeah. It really does drive me insane. Yeah, I think Joe was talking about Twitter. Yeah. It's a very irritating space. <laughs> I mean, it's everywhere. Like, mm. I think like you go on like Instagram and there's some someone's done said something yeah. insightful, and then you're gonna see that infographic reposted <laughs> like. 12 times mm. on your feed <laughs> and sometimes I wonder like does everyone who posts reposts it feel like yes I've mm. done like I've done some activism today by reposting this you mm. know and so like I was trying to figure out why that annoyed me so much after a point mm. because like I think especially during the election period and mm. after like there was just such an influx of like and it just suddenly started feeling like uh, posting Olympics. Mm, yeah. Like, who, like <laughs> who, who can really? be the first person to post this mm. new angle, you know? Correct. And like, I'm and all about... all the likes and the shares. Yeah, mm. and I'm all about discourse and I'm all about mm. like social media being a really powerful place where people can like discuss ideas. Mm. But like, it is not a substitute for actual activism. Mm-hmm. And I think like, that's what I always want to ask young people. Like, if I disabled all of your social media accounts, yeah. what, what does we- your activism look like Mm. you know I have a very specific like anecdote about this like I think I ran like an event a while ago uh, like two years ago or something in which like I introduced a young poet and I misgendered them Mm. so I said she instead of them and the poet came on stage and said like oh actually Pooja I go by they And I said, oh, I'm sorry, right? And then later on, I went to find this person and I said, listen, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize that, you know, you were going by they and I like misgendered you and it was not my intention. Mm. Um, And then I found out like later on from other people that this person had um, been raving and ranting about it on the internet, not Mm. in front of me. Right. And it was about like, oh, when you misgender a trans person, like, how dare you apologize? Because now the responsibility is on me to mm. tell you that it's okay. And when someone corrects you for using the wrong pronouns, what you should just say is thank you. Like, you shouldn't be apologizing because now your guilt is my problem. And I was just thinking to myself, like, this is the kind of thing that makes it impossible to have a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, because most people are just going to be fucking terrified. Mm. Like, there's nothing I can say that's right. Yeah. Uh, like, I made a genuine mistake yeah. uh, and I'm really sorry and yeah. I'm very happy to use your preferred pronouns. Mm. Um, and like, in me saying sorry, I wasn't like, oh, please tell me I'm okay. Mm. I just wanted you to yeah. know it wasn't intentional. So I think also like, when you, when, when it's that kind of self-righteousness mm. where like, you always have to be the one up mm. or like you always know the better way and I just need to shove it in your face that you yeah, don't know yeah. it's the attitude that animates a lot of it is this sense that we all have to be the best most perfect and correct versions of ourselves you have to be the wokest king you have to be the wokest in the yeah, land there's, have, there's no graciousness in, 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 in having this kind or, of or the stakes in slipping there. up are very high correct no, but then also yeah. like what is the intention of your what is then the intention of that statement mm. is it do you want the world to be a more inclusive place mm. or do you just want to point out that mm. you are the wokest of them all mm. because then we can just give you a crown a, a scepter and a throne <laughs> yeah Correct. And you can take it, over right? the Woke Kingdom and then it's fine, but it's not gonna affect <laughs> but it's just not gonna affect productive change. Yeah. It's not gonna make people be like try and understand why your pronouns matter. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying the burden is on a trans person or a marginalized person or a minority person. But the thing is if someone says, I would prefer you had said this and the other person says, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. that means an education has happened, mm, right? Correct. And, and just take the positive from that. Like, in, in my own life as a queer person, I find that it, it's exhausting sometimes to have to correct people. But, like, people more often than not are just not recalcitrant about mm. these things. It's like, you tell them once... Um, they know, grow and they yeah, learn. Yeah, they yeah. grow and they learn. And that's and that's how and that's how you make it work. And that's mm. how language grows. That's how like relationships grow. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to make space for that kind of slightly messy, sometimes uncomfortable, nuanced conversation. And I feel yeah. like a lot of the kind of conversation that happens on the internet, and I think part of the critique of cancel culture now centers on this, right? Which mm. is that there often isn't space for this kind of nuanced um, yeah. one-on-one uh, uh, conversation. Is, there's is no room sorely for, missing. Yeah, and there's also no factoring in the possibility for people to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know that documentary we're talking about, about trans representation in Hollywood, um, Disclosure. Yeah, Disclosure, yeah. yeah. One of the speakers made this beautiful point, which was like, yes, 
um, look at these talk show hosts when trans people first went on their talk shows in the you know 90s or early 2000s yeah. they were asked these horrible questions but about look, like sex yeah, change yeah about like, sex yeah. change everything and 10 years later they are they are the ones having this conversation like how can we learn and yeah. grow so I feel like there needs to be a kind of like compassion and exactly. a space made for, for, for people who are we're all kind of like trapped under ideology and we're all trapped under a system that is menacing mm. and unforgiving and cruel we need to make room for everybody to grow along with us right but then there's the, like this tension right where you're mm. like I'm sick and tired of educating Correct. people yeah uh, which is very real yeah. you know sometimes you just you're just sick and tired like people are like oh how can I be a better ally and like, like there have been thing, like, yeah and there have been days when someone says that to me like oh what can I like you know whenever like some issue of racism erupts in our land like some <laughs> well-meaning Chinese person will drop into my DMs and be like oh what can we do to be better and like I have to resist the urge to just punch them. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand Which, and I know, like, I know it's not the kindest or more, most mature reaction, but like, I'm so tired and right. I'm just like, why don't you know this? Like, yeah. on top of everything else, why do I now need to give you yeah, a guide? I, I need to educate you. You know, and so I, I absolutely understand that. But the thing is also like, if someone says like, okay, I'm trying to be an ally and I feel like I'm feeling it, this, 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 and I'm traumatized by this, this, this. If no one wants to have that conversation with them, mm. what does that person then do? Yeah, sure, they can read books, but you're also dissuading a conversation on some level. Yeah. And it's... So I don't know. That's where I get stuck. And then, and like, then yeah. you see the the, the, the the negative, the most mm. extreme end of that, which is someone slips up and then they're mm. gonna, mm. like, wow, like a whole mob goes after them. It's just like, it, if it, it, I can see how like the space becomes very frightening. Mm. And it's like, people just don't dare to say anything mm. anymore and let alone reach out. Mm. Uh, and then when people, like people who do reach out are sometimes like scolded for that. So, you know, it's just like a confusing, yeah. messy situation. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if this answers your question a little bit, Pucha, but I, I think that can be some middle ground also. Like when people come up to me to ask me about my race or whatever, there mm. can be some middle ground. Like I will not educate you 100%, but I can point you to a direction to go. And for that's sure. All, and that's all I'm going to do. So, I mean... And so many of things, these things also rely on who's asking and how yeah, they're asking and what sure. your relationship with that person is like. Yeah, 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 for sure. If a stranger came up to me, I'd be like, I, I guess it'd be easier to to throw that person <laughs> under the bus a little bit or to, or to, to make fun of that person mm. a little bit. Like, but if a friend came up to me, I'll be more than happy to have a deep conversation with yeah. that person. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think all this suggests is the internet is an exhausting place. Oh, it is so exhausting. exhausting. It's really also exhausting. important to remind ourselves that the internet is not real life. Yeah. I think like the thing about uh, oh God, I, sound, I sound like such an old person. No, we but all like, do. Yeah, okay. I think no, but the, the thing about, the I'm like, I'm very, <laughs> like, I'm very happy to see discourse that I never saw growing up on the internet. Mm. And I'm very happy to see that young people have uh, access to so many resources and access to so many conversations. Yeah. But at the same time, like sometimes I just feel like it is not a substitute for the work you have to do in your interpersonal relationships and mm, in real life. For sure. And the work you actually have to put into your community based on whatever role you play, right? Or mm. wherever you work or whoever you interact with. Like, those are the places where you still need to effect change if you believe it. Mm. Like, you can't just post a meme and be like, I'm done. Mm. I'm done. Yeah. You know, anyone can go to my, my Instagram page or like my Twitter feed and see that I'm woke. Yeah. Okay, so I've been tasked with introducing the next segment while Kishan cuts pieces of cheese next to me. And Joel, Joel is drinking wine. Um, so we just want to caveat this by saying that we're going to sound like absolute boomers. Yeah, you can okay boomer us now and, and we just don't stop care. listening. We just don't, we, care. We don't care. Yeah, we don't care. We're just leaning into our retirement. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've got my Florida mansion. I, mean, I also just think as elder millennials, we need to represent our generation. That is true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sister. So the subject we are going to talk about is Gen Z. Gen Z slang. Gen Z slang, slang specifically. Slang. I mean, Gen Z and Gen Z slang are interchangeable. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's how they are. That's how they communicate. Right. That's how they, like they live through their language. That's how they is. Yeah, correct. Mm. See, that was a pretty good example. Of I don't think like, it's Gen Z slang. Okay. That's like 90s. That's like, 90s hip hop. Yeah, some examples. Not like Gen Timberland. Z. The way I are. Ah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, yeah, you're talking correct. to the wrong person. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I only Kishan know. Knows yeah, it. I only know contemporary Christian rock. Okay. All right. So. Someone dropped some Gen Z slang. Okay. Mm. So the other day, I was maybe having a bad day and I just posted an Instagram story <laughs> I feel like where I said. not how Gen Z talks yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, and I posted an Instagram story where I was like, I hate the word stan so much. Yeah. Mm. Every time I see it, 
like. Do you know where it's from? Yes, it comes from the Eminem yeah. song. That's it. Yeah, yes. many people think it comes from Understand, but it comes from the Eminem stand, oh. which I really like. I really which like is about an obsessive fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, like stand is a letter to Eminem from, like he writes it as a letter to Eminem from an obsessed, sort of deranged fan. And yeah. where does the word stand appear? The name of the fan the is Stan. The name of Stan. Stan. Yeah, like Stan. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so shook. firstly, <laughs> huh, we just want to say that the word Stan come from millennial who is Eminem. <laughs> Yeah, correct. So you <laughs> co up our generation already. And from hip hop culture. And from well. hip hop culture, mm. thank you. For those like... for the elder elders who don't know what stand means, <laughs> elder right? Elders. Yeah. It's true, it's true. Stand is like Zaoji, right? Example usage of stand would be I really we we stand a uh, woke queen. Yeah, we stand a woke queen. Yeah, we stand a woke queen. We stand uh, or this prof- this Instagram profile is a Raisa Khan stand profile. Mm. Yeah, correct. Right. So those are some like idiomatic correct. usages. But why, why why don't you like the word stand? I mean, it was fine to begin with. <laughs> like at first, I was like, oh, it's one of those words like you know when people like mood or like yeah, it's oh, such a vibe. Mood. mood really got me for a while, but I, didn't I don't carry mind on. mood. I don't mind mood. But then like I think it was like through the elections particularly, which and it was just I. <laughs> I just like I'm scrolling and then I just see all these Gen Z's going like oh my god we stand I stand our queen yes right I can't stand I can't we stand an intersectional feminist yes queen god and I was like why do you all sound like um, very beautiful young black drag queens firstly yes, yes so correct. you're co-opting again thank you for co-opting from the yeah this is this is from an the on, queer community yeah, this and is, from millennial yeah, this rappers is ongoing conversation <laughs> nothing in, is new people yeah, <laughs> really. in, in, in queer circles which is like a lot of like people are just taking yeah. um, language from drag culture from, and then from ball culture not just yeah. language anything e- everything yeah. just like ev- from yeah. dance forms to clothing to, to, to since language since Madonna in ball yeah. culture well, Madonna was the first <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. appropriator yeah. Of, the, of the highest Correct. order Correct. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think I hate that? Stan because what? firstly I'm mm. perennially underwhelmed as Joel and I <laughs> yeah. Joel yeah, and I are perennially right. underwhelmed by everything hashtag <laughs> hashtag perennially underwhelmed um, but I think like that it just had this screeching kind of Mm. Yeah, wide-eyed, uncritical. Like I will, f- I will follow you. Correct. I mean, <laughs> generally, the temper of a lot of like Gen Z people mm. coming into their first election and participating in electoral politics in Singapore for the first mm. time was a slightly wide-eyed. Yeah, um, yeah it is very exciting. It's, it's a to wonderful, which beautiful thing, and I understand yeah, it. I we understand. were those voters in twenty eleven, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's very exciting. In a, yeah. when you grow, yeah. when you grow up in a place like Singapore, to suddenly yeah. have political agency. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But I think just to our age. Ears, yeah. it's just a bit shrill. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. shrill, it's a bit oversimplified. Yeah. It's a bit like, okay, hold on, can you read a policy paper first? Yeah. Can you tell like, me a bit the, more? like, you don't just like someone make the Korean heart sign, then you're like, oh my god, we stay! And then it's like, calm down, you know, just take a breath. The Korean heart sign, yeah, like unbunch your underwear, like straighten your spider, a deep breath, yeah, correct, and, and then think and about yeah, think this about idea it. and right. then then you decide mm. I mean like just to play devil's advocate for yeah. a while right mm. it's also like you know a lot of these politicians mm. were leaning into into that right course, like they knew they, they, would, knew, they, they knew, knew where the yeah, voters were they knew how to reach out to a specific kind of internet sure. yeah, I mean I don't around. blame them for doing that it's yeah, for sure. the yeah. correct thing to do and it's fun yeah right it's just shrill. I mean, I just want to say I I am all about I'm all about having this very young, cool brown woman, mm. Raisa Khan mm. in in Panama. When she came out mm. at her acceptance speech and said, "Thank you, Singaporeans, for standing me." Did she say that? She did. Oh. Yeah. I had a moment where I was like, "Can we have some?" <laughs> Normal like, language. Can we just have a, a, a minute of understanding the gravity yeah. of this moment, girl? Right, like, I, and I, I, really, I really do love her. I do. Raisa, if you're listening to this, I really do love you. I think this is just a generational gap thing. But, like, <laughs> but it was just like, can don't. Can don't press. Yeah. You know, it's mm. like, but then again, I'm like, <laughs> but then again, I'm like, you know that moment in Legally Blonde where no one takes. Breeze with spoon seriously. That's true. And, and she's there with her pink puff pencil. Mm. And I'm like, maybe these kids who say Stan are truly gonna change the world. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the word doesn't annoy I mean, one the doesn't shit. Discount, yeah, one doesn't discount the other. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I recognize this is a complete elder moment, but like yeah. that word just 
irritates the hell out of me. You know what word irritates me? <laughs> Why? And this was Joel. You can you can mm. attest to this. Like the word is mood. Okay, you you, uh. you remind me. I really don't like the word mood. I remember when you you were the one that introduced this to me Correct. in London. We so when in, someone says this is such a mood, or yeah. or someone says like, oh, I'm really fucking tired today, and then you just go in mood. Mm. Yeah. So I like, means like I relate. I relate mm. lah. Yeah. yeah. So. You, we were talking about this at the cafe uh, mm. and, and then you used the word mood I was saying something and then you said to me mood and I looked at you and I went what? yeah and then you said mood again I went what? and then I, why are you making cow like, sounds? are you having a stroke? I don't know what is happening and then you explained to me what mood is and I remember putting down my utensil and saying I'm done in this world <laughs> this is because like my social circle in London is primarily people in there I know, I know. Kishan had yeah. bitched about this yeah. Oh, yeah. Kishan and, and I were like why is Joel talking was like a 12 a period, year old? there was a period of time that I just wanted to fit in okay sure no that's yeah. fine yeah. cheers fine. to you cheers sister. to you sister welcome back so I learned you know I, I, I made my way through the valley of darkness yes and mm. you know and I came up with a few like phrases so sure yeah. right. yeah, no it's phrases. fine no but I'm kind of tired of it now yeah. I'm just like no we've la. overused because but our generation also have like so many words no we, we do have our own yeah. so but I, the, the, the reason why mood irritated me so much is because it felt like you didn't want to put in effort into telling me things they anyway. don't yeah, yeah, they don't then I'm like can you just don't talk <laughs> Just, but they was, don't it's very frustrating to hear the word mood basically just everybody sitting around on a couch high on weed yeah. going like mm, mm. I agree yeah, yeah. They can all, all they can muster is like one syllable word like mood stand yeah. like what else and is then there? like the other word is simp oh, oh simp I don't know what new. that is yeah. what is simp simp also means like something like stand but it's more like um, no I, simp is like when you're I don't even know I it's, like I, it's like I am a simp, simp for, for someone, someone. Like I am a simp for what is someone. A, what is the etymology? So, I, so again, children, this is not a word you have come up with. It comes from hip hop culture. Oh, does it? It does. Okay. So, um, if you go on Urban Dictionary, they actually. Oh, there was an article I uh, read, but the first time I heard the word simp and I googled it was at I think like early two thousands mm. when Neo came up with the song early "Sexy 2000s. Love." Thousands. Wow. Do you remember when Neo came up with "Sexy Love"? Yeah. Uh, and then he has that line where he's like, "Say that I'm simp and I'm sprung all of the above." Yeah. Mm. And I was like, oh, what does simp mean? And it just means someone who's like completely sort of like, oh, like pussy whipped. Like someone who will say or... anything to please someone. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Pussy whipped, okay. Yeah. In but the then, hope there'll be good favour with that person. Okay. Yes, but then now it's been kind of changed to mean like, I'm just like, helpless, I'll do anything for you. Like, you know, I'm such a simp right. for oh. this ideology. Or I'm such a simp for this this guy or like this this politician's ideas or whatever oh, like your head you can use it as a head over heels sort of situation kind of. Okay. I don't know what like the irritation is it's not so much okay as a writer mm. I love linguistic invention oh I love right? that I love yeah. it I love language and I'm like I'm the last person who's gonna say like language looks a certain way yeah. right? Mm. like sure let's have free play and do it yeah. I think like, it's just like with anything overuse tends to just also it's not very clever it's not very clever it's, not. it's overused <laughs> and it's just like you, it's just there's no there's, there's not a lot of poetry there's to no it one. anyway there's no one. but I think if it was a very, very lazy yeah. if it was a clever fun word we would use it to the death yeah, correct. Correct. and we would applaud it yeah I don't I know I feel kind of bad now having like said all of this that like you know our Gen Z listeners are just gonna think we are like no, no. okay maybe we can talk about some words we like okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I pulled up um, a list right oh did you yeah I like low key I love low key, low key. Oh, nice. low key yeah, and yeah. high key I love yeah, yeah. because low key and high key are, are are very clever phrases that mm. like everything just encapsulates you understand what it means immediately no because it, oh, there is a richness to it yes. right yeah. I like that one yeah. do we like um, do we like uh, there was one glow up mm. like someone getting a facial someone's glow <laughs> Like if you look at this photo of Joel staring at us, I have yeah. a, very, a horribly morose looking photo of me at the age of twelve. Yeah, mm. he looks like someone has not given him lunch, and I, he's I very look, pissed off. I look like a moldy dumpling. That's what yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at. And the, but now we look at you, and we're like, Joel has glowed. Oh, up. I see. So I see. It's, it, it, a glow up is glown when, yeah, up. Glow up. Uh, no, but you can also say that. Can, so I don't Joel think anyone says glown up. No, it's can like I invent it? Had a glow up. It's a noun. Glow up, I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do we like? Yeah, uh, not too I bad. hate oof. I what hate oof? it. Oof, oof. Like people just use it to like express oh, like like the um, pain thing. Like oh no, something something pain. has happened to you, or this was a horrible day. Oh, or like no. it's impactful. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> you know, you, now that you're now that you say, I yeah. Why does that irritate me so much? It irritates the shit out of it me. It reminds me of a Scooby Doo cartoon. <laughs> Like, it's like these old Hindi movies where like the Urdu heroines would be like oh <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing and then now I see like again 
bro dudes in NTU using it. Oof. And I'm like, it's just, it's just weird. I don't know. I just think it's weird. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know what it is? I think maybe what it is, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Like, is. the performance of this elaborate with it, like, um, hype beast character. But didn't we all do that when we were kids? Like, a little, we all yeah. want to use so, the slang. So it is. And the performance is irritating because now that we are in our it's like, just because yeah, we are older, old, we have we we know that there is a a, a, a delusional version of yourself that <laughs> yes. you have to overcome. <laughs> yes, correct. And but this delusional version of yourself is a very nourishing version of yourself when you are searching for an identity. Yeah. So you know what, Gen yeah. Z, just you do you do and until you find that. Enjoy yeah. yourself. Uh, then when you're in your thirties, you can't find. You can us. bitch about the next <laughs> million, yeah. the next group of no, people. It's really like my favorite book of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino yeah. where mm. she basically writes several essays yeah. that point out how we are all completely deluded by the internet yeah. and its ability to make us construct very yeah. artificial versions glamorous of versions of ourselves right and I believe that there is a lot and like for a generation that lives almost entirely on the on internet, the internet yeah. Yeah, right? Totally. that avatar that you create that Twitter persona that voice that you use to speak on the internet can feel so real and yeah. who you are but like when you cut out of that and you're in real life like you said you what postal code you <laughs> your grab right it's like what do you sound like who mm. are you mm. but then you do know? you also think that it's age that's allowed us to see through that yes. like Most when you definitely. see like 100%. sometimes I see young people I know in person and then mm. I see their internet persona Correct. and I'm like what are you doing? Correct, yeah, correct. You know? I see young people all the time and then I see the internet person and I go like, what is this? Honestly, it's not, <laughs> just, it's not just young people. I've hung out with people near my age um, who like have these vicious, like really smug and like really whip smart Twitter personalities mm-hmm. but are just like the mousiest people in real yeah. life. And it's like, I'm not saying that th- there's, there's anything fundamentally wrong with that but there, it just, there's true lah. Like we create very, you know, puffed up versions of ourselves mm. on the internet. Sure. And, and I guess this is why like, I'm so irritated by it. Yeah. <laughs> you do you, Gen Z. Yeah. yeah. Carry on. Tiao. Tiao. We stand some woke Gen Z. We stand. We stand a cute Gen Z kid. Wait till your glow up. Uh. <laughs> All right. The sun is setting literally and on. <laughs> this special episode of <laughs> Tea for Two for Three. So irritating. It's been such a pleasure having our darling Pooja Thanks Nancy. for having me. Yes. No, we are welcome. so much fun. I'm down and doing this. Oh my God. Mm. For our very first episode of Tea for Two for Three. Yay. We just want to say at this point, if any Gen Z people have been listening to us um, and would like to appear yeah. on this podcast to defend themselves. Yes. Oh, that, um, this is an invitation. I mean, you you can you can email us lah. But we <laughs> but, won't reply. But also, don't at us. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, don't add you know, us. Like I'm in a particularly financially <laughs> tricky point of my life, and I cannot afford to be yeah. hashtag cancel. Please don't cancel us. <laughs> you what? What brand is sponsoring you, Joel? Uh, <laughs> and she don't have. Yeah, then you can't be cancelled. Nothing. Okay. It's like Johnny Mitchell said, no, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, so profound. <laughs> Let's not try and add on to the motto Johnny Mitchell. Let's right? not. Thanks everyone for listening, and see you next time. This has been Kishan. Bye bye. This has been Joe. Bye. It's Pooja. Bye.